When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, this is Ashton Blake from Native Sons. You're listening to Jay Scott on the Hook Rocks. Check out our single drama on all, all streaming services. everyone welcome back it is the hook rocks ultimate rock community podcast i'm your host jay scott thanks for tuning in once again always appreciate when you stop by we are part of the pantheon podcast network a great network of music related podcasts there's something for everyone on the platform for all music tastes i always mention my friends at the beginning of every episode like Vinny apacy and carmen apiece we do the Hanging and Banging podcast with Ron and Esty, Martin Popoff, the rock historian, Tom and Zeus on the number one rated KISS podcast, Shout Out Loudcast, Mistress Carrie in Boston, Decibel Geek, and Mac with the Ugly American Werewolf in London podcast. Always love uh, when I tune in to hear what he's got to say about classic albums and all that good stuff. So don't forget to follow all those. Don't forget to follow pantheon pods on twitter and instagram and facebook all over on social media pantheon pods and don't forget to follow the hook rocks wherever you do podcasts whether it's spotify apple google amazon we're available on every platform click your app and set it for automatic download so you get the latest and greatest hook rocks podcast episode and check out some of our previous episodes over the last few months we've had some great new music spotlights with bands like bastet georgia thunderbolt joyous wolf Fortune Child and Naked Gypsy Queens, as well as many others, Mysterines, who are going to be touring the U.S. here shortly in the month of May. Don't forget to check out my interviews with Joe Satriani, Scott Gorham from Thin Lizzy, as well as Ty Tabber from King's X. And always enjoy talking music topics and 
things that mean a lot to my audience and rock fans all over. We just discussed the stadium tour that's about to begin here in the U.S. with Def Leppard and Motley Crue. We did the future of streaming and where that's going in terms of technology, in terms of the accessibility, as well as a lot of others. And we're going to be having a new live album review coming up shortly, as well as welcoming back our friend Rob at Skylab Tapes, where we're going to be talking another great audio topic for uh, for your ears only, as we like to say. We've got another great episode for you today, a band that uh, one of the members of the Groove Council, which you guys know I'm a part of, introduced me to, Terry. So thank you, Terry, for doing this. And here we are with uh, Stone Broken, and they just released their new album. They had a party last night, an album release party. We'll get into that. I think it was with Mason Hill, but the new album is Revelation. And I'd like to welcome in Rich and Robin from Stone Broken. What's happening? What's going on? Hey. We're, we're good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Thanks for doing this. Appreciate it. Been wanting to have you guys on for a bit. And what better time to have you on when uh, you have a new album to talk about? Exactly. And and like you say, we uh, it came out yesterday. Um, it had been a long time in the making because obviously the world has been a different place for the last two years. Um, and we had a party yes, last night we uh we're, we're currently on tour in the uk and um and we hit a, a city called manchester last night uh unfortunately there was uh, a bit of a medical emergency uh we, we had someone uh, pass out at the front uh so we had to call the show early but uh you know everyone understands what it's like being at a hot and sweaty gig these things happen so um so yeah but we're, we're just happy that it's finally out yeah exciting <laughs> I don't think people are in concert shape yet, right? Everyone's been locked in for a couple of years. Their body has adjusted and they're not ready to, to rock out yet. You know, and it's like they got to they get like in training. Well, unfortunately, this was the lady's first gig as well. It was. So, it was her first ever gig. Uh, but I mean, you, you speak about that. I'm still trying to get myself back into tour shape. I mean, <laughs> we're, we're, we're sort of only three dates in. And, uh, and although it's, you know, it's brilliant to be back out on tour. Um, I've started to feel the aches and pains. Yeah, I've still in my right arm from like riding and crashing on the symbol. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I mean, you know, you talk about being in game shape or concert shape or whatever, when you haven't performed, you haven't been at shows in a while, it uh, it is a little different. You know, you're like, your stamina is just not there. Well, that's it. And I mean, I I, I tried before the tour to, to go on some runs and, mm-hmm. and jogs around parks near me, uh, but we were that busy creating content for the album uh i didn't have time <laughs> so so i tried i give my best shot but um but i ran out of time towards the end but i i think we're all coping and we're all just glad to be back in the swing of things it's starting yeah. to feel a little bit more normal now because because touring is what we've known for kind of the past eight years yeah 100 i mean i got emotional with the first day I, I just literally just stood on stage and no one was there and I was like oh wow i'm home again yeah. you know it just feels incredible to just be back out on the road yeah for fans too, you know, I mean, we in the States opened up a bit last year, you know, the first mm-hmm. concert I went to, I think was in June and then things got shut down in like October, November. So yeah. there was a period where we were going to shows, but since November or since October, I think was the last show I went to last year. I hadn't been to a show until I saw Dirty Honey and Mammoth, which was like in, in March. Okay. And so that was a good six months 
without yeah. going to a concert. And it, it's and this was the first concert where we didn't have to wear a mask. Okay. Because oh, everything wow. previously to that, we had to wear masks, um, which is, I guess, you know, we, we all have to do it. But it's just a different, it's a different feel when you're when you're like that, right? I mean, it's you're yeah. you feel more reserved when you have that mask on when you yeah. don't. Uh, it's a big difference. Mm-mm. Yeah, I mean, here in the UK, we had um, socially distanced gigs where people had to sit um, in their little bubbles in um, in a room, basically, yeah, yeah. and and that was. I mean, we we didn't play any of those shows. Um, but we we saw a lot of people who went to them and and like you say, it's not the full vibe of a gig, is it? When when you have to sit down and you can't stand up and yeah. and this that and the other. Um, but we're we're quite fortunate at the moment in the UK where it, it's it's almost back to normal. Yeah. The, the yeah. only the only thing left is to you know there's still people who are going to um, struggle with the confidence you know and, and wanting to go back out post COVID, um, but. But yeah, we we we're almost there, and, it, and yeah. it feels good. Before we begin, before we get into the album, we always start the same way every time we have a first time guest on the show, and that's really what we're all about. Just like every great rock song has a hook that pulls you in, every rock fan has a moment, whether it's a song, an album, a band, or performance that hooked you on rock and roll. Mm-hmm. What was it for you guys? Um. For me, it was Hybrid Theory by Linkin Park. It was that album. Um, I had it on cassette. That's, you know, how long ago it was. Um, I remember I used to get him from school and I used to go straight into it. It was the only cassette that I had was this um, album by Linkin Park. And I remember I just used to listen to it over and over and over again. And that was kind of my um, introduction into to rock music, really. Nice. Um, mine was um, going to gigs with my parents at a super young age. Um, that would take me like every weekend to go and see like various different types of music and, and different bands. Um, but I remember this this one band. It's a tribute band to Led Zeppelin because my dad is like such a Led Zeppelin fan. <laughs> he has got everything. It's, that, that's an understatement. <laughs> it's quite scary, actually. <laughs> um, but we went to see this tribute band and I just I was fixated on the drummer. And I was just like, right, that's it. I just love this energy. I just, I just love everything about it. And I was like, that's exactly one of, what I want to do as a, as a career. So, And where did it go from there in terms of wanting to be on stage, wanting to write music and be in a band? Um, like, so at school, I was always involved with music and the music productions. Um, but I never really got like no teachers, but I think the teachers was too scared to get the drum kit out each lesson. Yeah. Cause <laughs> so, the kids are just going to wreck it, aren't they? Yeah. Let's, let's face it. Um, but we had this supply teacher and he was like, does anyone know how to play drums? And at that point I didn't, but I'd picked some bits up in, in the house, like on cushions and things like that. <laughs> Um, and so I just got behind the kit and I just went for it. And then that same time, uh, the drum teacher that used to come in weekly came around the corner and noticed. And he was like, do you want lessons? I was like, yeah, that would be amazing. Um, and then I had a couple of lessons and then went to college, met you. Um, yeah. And then like we started jamming. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've been in like various different other bands in the past. But... Yeah. And, and I mean, um, I always wanted to just be a guitarist that's all I ever really wanted to do. Um, but then for this band, um, I just said, I'll sing for the time being. Uh, and then it kind of stuck. Yeah. You know, so I kind of <laughs> fell into this role in the band, really. Like I- I'd always enjoyed writing songs. 
and and writing music and and um like you say for me the main thing of uh writing a song is writing a hook whether it be a guitar hook uh, a melody line um yeah catchy chorus that's what i've always tried to do and uh and and that was kind of the main focus from early on wasn't it yeah and it just so happened that I ended up just being the permanent singer. Yeah. Really. And it's and it's worked out all right so far. It's yeah, not too bad. We, we all love it. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's been more stressful than I intended though. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> when was it in terms of writing lyrics, was there a song that inspired you, a song that connected with you that you felt, man, this I want to do this. I want to be able to connect with people, connect with my art in terms of writing music, in terms of writing lyrics. I don't think that there was a, a particular um, song, really, uh, because I, I, I listen to all genres of music. Um, the, I, I say to everyone, there's only two kinds of songs for me, good and bad. And um, and it's more, it's the feeling that you have whilst listening to it. And, and I listen uh, to uh, music as a whole. I listen to everything that's going on, whether it be the drums or mm-hmm. the, the bass, the, the guitar or, or the, the vocals. That, but I can't really say that I can pinpoint a certain element of a song because I think it's the dynamic, it's it's the chemistry of the song that makes the song the song. Yeah. Um, but when I did start writing songs for Stone Broken, um, I realised very quickly that lyrics were going to be the major part of the songwriting process. We released our first record, uh, All In Time, and straight away people were coming to us and saying that lyric in that song really helped me through uh, a rough time or, or, you know, this brings back nostalgia and, and things like that. So um, going forward, it was actually more pressure to, to write afterwards because knowing that that's how people react to our music yeah. is, you know, that the song carries a message. Um, it can help people um, and people can gravitate towards things and, and we can kind of have that, chemistry with with our fans through the lyrics and and i'd never really thought of it in that way before we were just trying to tell a story with the song yeah 100%. Uh, not realizing that it could connect on, an, on yeah, an emotional or level. affect someone that way exactly so um in, in a way um my focus on lyrics was inherited by writing lyrics yeah which is a really strange thing to to happen but that that's kind of what did happen mm. yeah it's amazing the power of healing that music can provide people and, yeah. and uh, help people through certain moments and how that song will connect with you. I was at a Rival Sons concert in the fall before we, we, shut, we shut down again, and they have this song called Jordan, which is a song about loss. And this guy was probably about 10 feet from me, and, and prior to the song, he was jumping up and I mean, he was... Everybody was like focused on him because he was just so into the show and jumping up and down. People are like, what was, what is with this guy (laughs) and everything. But Jordan came on and the crowd, you know, got quiet and was listening. And, And during the middle of the song, this guy that had been jumping up and down, you finally found the reason why he was so passionate about the band. Cause he yells out in the middle. He's like, I love you guys for writing that song. It helped me get over the loss of my mother. Wow. Oh, wow. Like, and like you completely changed your perspective on the guy who was jumping out. Like, you understood why he was so yeah. in tune with this band and so passionate about it. 
And, you know, again, it just goes to what a, what a great song, what a great lyric can do for someone to help yeah. someone through a rough time. Yeah. And, and we have a moment like that at most of our shows. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've got a song called Wait For You. And uh, when we do a headline show, we'll play it acoustically. Yeah. Um, and towards the back end of the song, I literally step away from the microphone and the audience sings it back. Uh, and for me... I mean, goosebumps every single time. Yeah. But I can look down in the front row and there, there is usually a person there who is looking up and they've got a, a tear in their eye or they're in floods of tears, you know, and you, you make sure that they're okay. And and then you have that kind of uh, connection and then you kind of carry on with the rock show. Yeah. But yeah. every single night when we're, when we, when we're touring, we, we have that kind of um, connection and that, I've been asked a lot of times, you know, what have we missed about touring? Um, and a couple of times my answer has been hotel rooms, like, you know, the things that you do whilst you're on tour. <laughs> you know, I, I actually, at one point, I did miss hotel rooms um, until I started staying in them again, and then I don't miss them anymore. <laughs> um, but when I actually thought about it, it was it was that particular song being played live at our shows because that's when I feel completely connected with yeah. the, the people in the room mm-hmm. so yeah I, I get that and I, and I get that you know people have that emotional reaction and um and, and it's great it's from from a, a, a band's point of view it's um it's a little it's it sometimes can be heavy because you know these are people's lives um but also it's it's quite humbling to know that something that you've done uh can help can impact someone uh, inspire them whatever mm-hmm. um and and that we can have that moment and share it with them that mm-hmm. that's probably the most important thing to me from a from a fan's perspective it means just as much because mm-hmm. you know when we when i wasn't going to shows for a while that connection you have with other music fans or fans of that particular artist or band and how because we've become such a polarized world how when you walk through that door to go to a venue, it doesn't matter anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, you're, you're fans of that musician, that band, that artist that's up on stage. And you're so connected with everybody because you're all there because you're passionate about what you're going to see and what you're going to hear in yeah. that music. And when you do start to sing the lyrics back to the artist, it creates an incredible synergy mm-hmm. that I haven't felt in any other forum, um, whether watching a movie, watching a sporting event, that connection, that instant connection that you have with someone over a song, over a, a, a band is, is absolutely remarkable. Yeah. And, and like you say, with people joining in and singing along, uh, for me, it's even better when I forget the lyrics and they just kind of prompt because <laughs> it happens quite a lot, if I'm honest. <laughs> or I sing the wrong lyric and I just see a bunch of confused faces at the front. You got a living, breathing safety net right in front of you. Exactly. <laughs> Who needs a prompter at the front of stage when you've got a load of people who know the lyrics to your songs? I mean, what more can you ask for? Yeah. So the new album, Revelations, is out, or Revelation, I should say. Uh, Talk about that album. What was the process for it? I mean, here we are after COVID. You guys went through a lot in in the Mm -hmm. UK. What was the process like with this album? Everybody, every band has a different story. Every band has a different take on it. What's yours? Um, Well, I guess... When we first set out to make this record, we had a vision in mind. Yeah. Um, we wanted to push um, 
the boundaries of what we were already doing. We wanted to create something that was more sonically exciting. Yeah. Um, but also keep the integrity of the band. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we wanted to, to progress, but we didn't want to lose what we'd already got. Uh, and that was the hardest thing to probably balance, wasn't it? Yeah, 100%. Uh, we worked with a guy called Dan Weller, um, who's produced a, a lot of great bands. And and he's a songwriter. He's a producer. He's produced a lot of bands. And he's um, he's been in bands. He's toured. He knows he everything. He's just, like, super genius when it comes to music. He really like, is. Yeah. And um, and we actually got him in uh, quite early on in the process. I mean, we, we'd written a bunch of songs. And then we'd send him demos and, and things like that. And uh, and he come back with feedback and suggestions and and all that kind of stuff and and it was brilliant to get that that kind of instant uh, feedback and yeah. and you know improvements that we could make and and he would challenge us he would push us he would keep us um, you know changing and tweaking and and just getting better versions of the songs that we'd we'd written and then he kind of came and sat in the room with us for a while didn't he yeah and we co-wrote some songs and. Um, on the other ones that he didn't co-write, he still kind of put his slant on them. Mm-hmm. But I think the most important thing was that he was involved in the development of the Stonebroken sound. Yeah. And um, I think without Dan, we would have got there, but it probably would have been about five years down the line. He really managed to, he he got and he, he understood what we wanted and knew how to get us there. And and that was probably the best thing. Yeah. You know, and and he felt like a, a fifth member of the band. You know, he he was very very involved. And then when we came to record it, um, it was all going well. We were in the studio, and um, then COVID hit right in the middle. And here in the UK, uh, it, we we almost went straight into lockdown. Yeah, which was meant to last three weeks. We were told it was going to last three weeks. So we thought, okay, we can reschedule some stuff. We can move some stuff around. And then that lockdown ended up lasting over six months. So we had to just adapt to the situation. Yeah, uh, we actually went and started writing more songs, um, kind of separately and, and working yeah. remotely uh, with Dan until we could finally meet back up in the room. And we ended up producing four more songs, uh, one of which ended up being the title track, Revelation, Um so I guess, really, think about it. Yes, it's up to be in that situation where all of the recording process gets halted, but it wouldn't have been the album that it is now without having that time. Yeah. So um, it, it it was. It's it's a strange one. The whole process from start from the start of recording to the release date was two and a half years because of the way that the world was, and it's. It, I mean, it's, it's a relief to get it out there now and to have people listening to it finally uh, because you never want to keep fans waiting too long. They they get impatient and they let you know. <laughs> <laughs> How do you stay connected to the music when it's been such a long process? Um, that, 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 it's, it's a good question. Um, don't listen to it very often is the, the way to do it, really. Um, we spent a lot of time working on it. And uh, we went through a whole load of process to to get the right mix. Yeah. <clears throat> and we spent months and months and months working on that. And then um, we had to just let it sit there for a while. Yeah. Just leave it for a while. Just just for our own mental health, really. <laughs> yeah. Because because it can it can get really intense yeah. when when you overthink things. And and obviously we had more time. We we could tweak things and change things. And sometimes you've just got to draw a line 
and say it's done mm. you know and and that's all we had to do we had to just do that but then um obviously we we were preparing for tours yeah and then we start playing the songs live and that brings a whole new energy to them anyway um so yeah it's 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 kind of don't don't wrap yourself up in it too much to the point where it becomes obsessive mm. uh, you've got to kind of step away from it to then be able to um look at it with uh, with, with affection yeah, yeah you know this yeah. is something that we've labored over for 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 a long long time um and it's it's good now and it, it still kind of feels fresh because it is a new sonic for us as well so it's all exciting and and, and obviously it, it came out uh yesterday and um and we're starting to get the reactions from all of our fans and and from people who maybe just discovering us yeah the feedback has been absolutely incredible yeah so if anything that's going to thing that that's going to be the thing that re-engages us with yeah. the album that we started two and a half years ago <laughs> you know when you play something like like that live and yeah. you have these songs that when you write them you're in a certain headspace right mm-hmm. and even now more than ever that headspace that you were in writing it you've the world has gone through so much you've gone yeah. through so much as a result of what's been happening and you're in a different place mentally mm-hmm. going back to that stuff. Is there a challenge with finding that headspace you were in when you wrote that music? Um, yes. Um, like, like I said, when, when we were writing, um, it was very much a back and forth with us and, and Dan, the, the producer, and he was pushing us into uh, places where we didn't, necessarily I wouldn't, I wouldn't say that we didn't feel comfortable but it wasn't our comfort zone um and it is difficult to place yourself back in there because yeah. because like you say i think every album is just a snapshot in time of of where we are at that point um but but i, I think in terms of the performance um the songs are just our representation of that song at that particular time mm-hmm you know, so we have an energy from the crowd when we're playing live and that will make us perform in a certain way. And, uh, and I think that's the beauty of, of live is, is if, if Robin feels like it's you're throwing a, a different fill that night or I'll sing a slightly different melody. And I think that's the, the, it's the uniqueness of that show. Yeah. I think that's the whole point of gigs as well. Like you, you don't want, although you want it to sound just like the album. Yeah. You don't. You, you could literally play the album in the car on the way to the gig. You know, it's you, you like for me. I'd like to see something a little bit extra or a little bit different. Yeah. You know, or it's just not the same old. Okay, right, track one, track two, track three, track four. You know, just, yeah. let's just do it kind of thing. But it's it's quite nice when you've got that uh, thing on stage where you can. It's the chemistry between band members as well. Yeah. You know, you can bounce off of each other and and do certain like little bits. Yeah. Throughout the song. Yeah, but, I think as as a an album is a snapshot in time for the band mm-hmm. a live show is a snapshot in time for the band members yeah you know yeah uh, we, we will play a song here with it and, and obviously we, we have you know like wait for you is a is a slow song and that was written years ago I'm, I'm talking sort of like seven eight years ago um and obviously i'm i'm not in the same headspace as i was when i was writing that song but having that connection with the crowd brings it all back every single night um so it's very much uh, an interaction thing and a chemistry thing Mm -hmm. um you know but when we did this record uh there's a song called me without you which is 
uh, you know, it starts off, it's got some pianos in there. Uh, and it's a very soft song that kind of builds up. And and I've not got the, um, what's the word? Well, I've not got a very subtle voice. I've got a very sort of rough and ready voice. And um, Angelic. And, <laughs> well, what's Angelic? And, um, and our producer said, look, you, you, you need to really get into this headspace for this song. It needs to sound uh, like you're on the verge of, of crying or on, on the verge of a breakdown. And um, he was saying, you've, you've got to search somewhere inside of you to find this emotion because it needs to come out on the record. And then I was, I was trying, he said, not quite there. And then he pressed the talk back button and uh, he said, Rich, imagine Robin died. And I'm like, are you for real? Why are you going to throw that on me? Uh, and, and you know, it's it's that sort of thing that um, Dan kind of kind of brought out in us, yeah, in the studio, yeah, which we're never going to be able to replicate live, no, you know, because everyone's on a high uh, energy. Um, but people are going to get their own version of it on the night, and I think that's the beauty of it, really. Yeah. You mentioned the producer being the fifth member and helping you yeah. develop Stone Broken Sound mm-hmm. for you individually, for you, for both of you. How, what is that like when you have someone that pushes you and pushes you out of your comfort zone? I've, I've talked to a lot of bands, a lot of new bands. Uh, one story in particular where the guitar player tells me that there were some nights where he would go home and shower and he would cry because of the amount of push that the producer was making him do in the studio. But at the end of the day, he knew it was making him a better player and a better musician. And there's that balance where you've got to find that, you know, where you hate that guy, you know, (laughs) when you're in the studio, but you know, it's for the greater good of the band. How do you, how do you respond to that? Um, I I can, I can completely sympathize with the the other guy that you're talking about. Um, Probably not as extreme as that. Um, But he did definitely, um, pushes to a limit. Yeah, I think what helped is that we, before we started the whole recording process, we actually spoke about just random stuff that we was all interested in, and we became friends. Pretty yeah. much. Yeah. So, so he came to meet us before even before we'd even said that we wanted to work with him. Yeah, we got to know each other on a more human level, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um. So we kind of knew what each pe- each person was was about. Yeah, and and. If if you ever watch interviews with Dan, um, he he will tell you that he absolutely loves psychology and the psychology of a of a band because mm-hmm. it is different to any other group of people. Uh, you know, we're all artists in a band, yeah, and and artists are notoriously difficult to work with. So <laughs> four of us in one place, you know, it's 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 going to be trouble, isn't it? But uh, he loves the psychological aspect of it. He knows. Um, because he knew us mm-hmm. uh, when we were heading to the studio, what he could say and what he could get away with um, and just how far he could push us before we weren't friends anymore. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, for me, the big thing on this album is my vocals. Yeah. Um, I've, I've sang previously on the on the, the last two records, but nothing to, to this extent. Um, and Dan turned around to me and he was just like, you're, you're good for doing vocals, aren't you, Rob? I was like yeah sure I'll, I'll give it a go like you know um and he was like okay get in the booth then and I'll just press record and we'll see what happens and I was like okay cool <laughs> um but yeah so I was in the deep end that's what it was yeah you know yeah. putting us on the spot 
making us feel a little bit vulnerable. Um, and I think that gets a raw emotion. Yeah, for sure. Um, you never know what you're going to capture at a certain point, do you? So, I, I mean, there's there's parts um, in some of the songs where um, <clears throat> I, I'm going into the, the vocal booth to do some um, backing vocals, and I'm literally, just as we're heading up to the part where I'm about to start recording, I'm pitching my voice, so I'm going, hmm, to, so I know I'm, I'm at the, the right level, and he'd already hit record. And then he's used that little hum in other parts of the song as an effect vocal. <laughs> yeah. And it's that sort of stuff that like I would never think about. And it's 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 the little bits of magic that he managed to capture in um in the studio. Yeah. Um but but in terms of um getting us to a point, he knew that he had to to get the best performance. We knew that he had to to get the best performance. And um and I think we were all under the same kind of understanding that like you say, it's for the greater good. It's for the results that we want. And yeah. we knew that it was worth it. Even if I was a little frustrated at times, even if I was very frustrated at times, um, I I knew what it was for. And all these feelings are temporary Yeah. when you've got music that will last a lifetime. When you go into the studio, that's its own separate journey. You know, when you, mm-hmm. the whole creative process when you've written songs and demoed songs and now you're going in, well, it's probably all part of the same journey, but mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're going through a very vulnerable state because this, these are new songs. Maybe you're not as confident in them because they still need to be developed a little bit. And you're relying on the producer to kind of bring out the best for that song. For each song, you have the different members of the band who, you know, all have different perspectives mm-hmm. and you're all in, you know, in most times, close quarters and you're, you're recording and you're there for hours. And how do you get through it? How do you start from point A and you finish up the journey with a, with a complete album? Like, what is, are the times where you're thinking like, man, or it, it doesn't ever happen. It's completely going off the rails. There's a struggle. You hate each other every, you know, this day and that day. You love each other the next day that's a it's a it's like an emotional you know buffet you know for 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 a band to go through how do you guys get through that um well to be honest i think we're all fairly lucky in that we haven't really had too many downs no yeah i I would consider us as very close friends and we kind of understand that we can if we are struggling with anything, we could literally go to the one another and, and speak about it and things like that and yeah. help each other through it. Um, and communication, I think yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah. You, you need to air any concerns yeah. or any suggestions. Uh, you need to have a voice in the band. And and, and like you say, uh, we are all artists. We we all have our own thoughts. And try, sometimes we do have to compromise. Yeah. Um, sometimes we have to really push to get uh, what we want because we feel it's going to really benefit us. Yeah. Um, but we all have to be in agreement. So um, it's all about kind of taking the time to either convince everyone that this is the right thing to do or talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the one thing that we do is we just rip on each other all the time. <laughs> um, this is, this is how we vent. Like we're on tour at the moment and, there isn't a day go by that everyone in the band doesn't get insulted. Yeah. Um, and, but it's, that's how we cope. That's our cope mechanism. Yeah. You know, we, we just 
play pranks on each other um, and just have have as much fun as we can. And I mean, sadly, it's our bass player, Kieran, that gets the brunt of all these um, <laughs> because he's a bass player, basically. And that's the rule of being a musician. Yeah, is... yeah that's number one rule. <laughs> <laughs> You know, but but no, that that's kind of how we deal with it is is by being as open as we can, um, and it's rare we ever get into an argument. No, no, because we we talk about it before we can get into an argument. Yeah, and um, and that's fine. It, it does take more time, and and I can I can see how some bands would get frustrated in that situation, um, but I think communication and patience is is the way forward yeah. especially for us and 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 that works there's obviously been times where we haven't had agreements and we've just had to um one one of us has had to kind of grin and bear it mm-hmm. whilst the other one gets their own way but at the end of it again we've we've we, we would never put anything out that we weren't all happy with no no so it's either something that grows on us or it's uh it's something that we turn around and actually Okay, yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, and I mean for this album, Call of Duty, uh, definitely took a bad. Oh yeah, yeah. So, so when, like you say, when when we tied ourselves in knots in the studio, um, we we introduced Dan to Call of Duty uh, whilst we were in the studio, and sort of every five hours, yeah, he would say, "Okay, guys, let's go and shoot each other on Call of Duty." <laughs> <laughs> and and that would be our kind of little break and it worked yeah because we came back and we'd smash another song yeah, yeah so it's 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 all about having those kind of headspace breaks and clearing yeah. your mind and and coming back to it with a fresh approach and and just kind of resetting but uh but yeah it's it's never really been a headache for us to now we're quite lucky i, I feel I, I i think so yeah you look at or i look at you know every moment with a band is like a diary entry, whether it's a tour, whether it's recording an album and it's the album itself too, as well. When you look back, you look at that diary entry and you think of where you were at, what you were doing, Mm -hmm. where the band was at that time. How do you define, how would you put that entry in a diary with the recording process of this album? Um, in terms of my, my feelings all the way through it, it was um, it was probably the most mixed I'd ever been. Mm-hmm. Um, like, sort of real talk, I probably had um, seven or eight breakdowns yeah. during the whole process. Um, and that was through frustration, mainly, thinking that um, because we were being pushed in certain areas, you know, whether it be lyrics or... Um, vocal performance or anything mm-hmm. i kind of felt as though i wasn't good enough at some points and that would really um have a bit of a strain on my my mental health um but then we take a break so i think if i was to to write in words in a diary i'll probably just uh, i'd tile it roller coaster that's that's kind of what i'd <laughs> yeah. do and yeah. and because that's what it felt like there there were days where things would absolutely be perfect. I couldn't ask for a better day. Mm -hmm. And then other days I would feel helpless to myself. Yeah. You know, but also us in the band, we are a support network for each other. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got each other's back. Um, So, so yeah, I I think it's just a, it was a, it was a mix of emotions uh, to get us there. And, and I'll probably, um, 
put a big, big circle around it and say, don't do this again. <laughs> you know, in terms of, you know, don't kind of be a bit more prepared for it because we it's it was a totally different way of writing. Yeah, it was um, brand new to us. We, it was. This is the first time working with Dan. Yeah. It, we was evolving our sound at the same time. We was finding our feet with that. We we took a, a massive bite, didn't we? Yeah, I mean, yeah, we don't do things by halves. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so everything was pretty much a brand new process for us. So to just to go through that first, yeah. and then you know to to write the songs and everything else, and yeah, you know everything just ha- it, it happened, but. It wasn't like a, a traditional thing, wasn't it? Was it like yeah. what we used to? Yeah, we, we took a very different approach to to, to Ryan, as in we we had Dan come in and um, and basically guide us through the whole process and challenge us. Mm. Um, when when I say don't do this again, I mean don't be as unprepared for the change. Yeah, yeah. I mean going, going forward, I, I mean I, I feel as though I learned so much more putting this record together than the, the last two records. Mm-hmm. Um, so at the end of it, I'll say, read it again and learn. That's what I write. <laughs> How do you define the album Revelation? Um, I mean, I, I don't want to be cliche and say it's the best record we've ever done. Um, but I honestly think it's the biggest um, leap forward that we've made as a band so far. Yeah, 100%. Um, we, when we first started out, we wrote songs um, and we wrote big riffs and uh, big choruses that people could sing along to. And we pretty much carried that over into the next record, which was fine. Uh, and that's what we wanted to do at the time. Yeah. We wanted to kind of uh, pick up where we left off. And this one... Um, it was a whole new set of roles that we put on ourselves mm-hmm. uh, for the record. We wanted to push every single boundary. Um, and, 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 and as well, I don't want to sound corny, but it was, at, I mean, the reason that we called the album revelation is because the whole thing was a revelation. We didn't realize that we could sound this way. We didn't realize that we could write this way. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's the reason why we cho- chose revelation as the title track, because this record for Stone Broken has been just that. Yeah, a literal revelation. Yeah. <laughs> in terms of the songs, in terms of the music, you mentioned, you know, this process was started two and a half years ago. And yeah. you also wrote songs when you had to go into lockdown. Were there any songs that were written after, you know, the beginning, after the start of this that made it onto the record? Yeah. Um, there's a song on the record called uh, The Devil You Know. Um that was changed a lot in the early days. Yeah. Um, so, so the, the four that we wrote in the lockdown went straight onto the record. Uh, there was um, Revelation and three others. Mm-hmm. Um, and all the others were written at the very start, but then kind of tweaked along the yeah. way. Yeah. So uh, a, a funny story, This and this is a, a Dan story again, was the, um, the intro riff for The Devil You Know, uh the part that the guitar plays originally I'd written as the chorus melody. Yeah. And he came to me and he said, Look, I love the melody, but I think that should be a guitar part. He, he calls them guitar shop riffs. He said, if people go and try out a guitar, that'll be a riff that they can play. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I was like, okay. 
but if we do that, then we need to come up with a hell of a chorus melody. And he was like, okay, well, that's uh, a task for us all. So um, it's now actually my favourite song on the record. Yeah. So I'm glad that change was was made. But, I mean, I've still got the um, the voice recording on my phone of that initial uh, melody, mm-hmm. which goes back to just before uh, the recording process started. So, so yeah, we... we like it, 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 it was a long process, but we were super thorough. Yeah, hundred percent. Didn't leave uh, any, any corner stone unturned. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> was there ever a moment during this whole process, because of COVID, because of the lockdown, that being at this point with the album released and the start of a tour, that it would never happen? Was there those oh, yeah. moments? <laughs> yeah. All the time. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 I mean, I. I as a as a touring musician, it's probably been the hardest time for me. And I, I mean, I, I can't speak for all the band, but I'm pretty sure we all feel oh, that, like, that same way. Yeah, like, I've been, you know, during lockdown, like questioning everything about everything. Like, mm-hmm. you know, it's just been nuts. Like, I've been in like a, a super dark place. Like, like Rich just says that we're, we're touring musicians. That's what we used to. We used to being on the road, going from hotel to venue, to venue, to venue, to venue. And having all that just like pulled away from us, just mm-hmm. completely sucked. And I mean, as a band, you have to work so hard to get to anywhere, didn't mm-hmm. you? you know? Yeah. And we've put all this hard work in from, from the, the, the very go. But then to lose all that as well, it's just like, it felt so soul destroying, didn't it? You yeah. know? Yeah, it did. Um, and then you're like, you like, you kind of have to just just snap out of it. It's not going to last forever. This lockdown isn't going to last forever. COVID yeah. probably will be around for a while, but, yeah. you know, we're going to get over it um, and kind of pull yourself back out of it. And at the end of the day, we recorded a brand new album. We've got a tour booked. It, it is going to go ahead and it is going ahead. Like, you know, yeah. we're on it now. Um, so it, it is just trying to focus on on the positives rather than dwell on what's actually happening and things like that. You know? Yeah, which is it's it's easy to do. I mean, yeah. um, the album itself was delayed um, a couple of times, along with the tour being rescheduled a few times, and and all of this is out of your control. And sometimes it feels like you're losing grip on it. Yeah. And um, and and yesterday was. Uh, a very proud day in the Stonebroken camp because we managed to finally get that body of work out there to people. Uh, and that felt amazing because yeah. like, like we say, it's been a long, long time coming. Um, and definitely there was times throughout the last 18 months, especially. And I thought, is it going to happen? Mm-hmm. Are we going to get back out on the road? Are we going to actually release this music? Because uh, sometimes it feels like you're hitting your head up against a brick wall yeah, with, yeah. Um, with setback after setback after setback, um, but but then you realise actually the whole world is going through this. It's not just us. Um, there, there's there's been ripples of this all the way through the music industry. Mm-hmm. There's been ripples of this all the way through hospitality and ever. It's not just us that it's happening to. So once you start looking at the bigger picture, not that. You know, oh, it, may, it, it makes me feel better because everyone's going through it. But yeah, yeah. It, 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 you know, you, you you kind of think, okay, well, this isn't just us that it's happening to. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's happening to a lot of people out there, and it will happen. You got to kind of try and remain positive as much as you can. Yeah. And and that was how we had to kind of dig ourselves out of that hole, um, and just look forward to something rather than thinking, oh, it's getting further and further away. 
uh, we just ha- had to think of this is something that we've got to look forward to and it will happen. Yeah. But but yeah, we, we definitely had times where we thought, oh no, <laughs> not another delay. <laughs> it had to be a, a euphoric feeling, you know, playing that finally for people and getting to this point, probably more yeah. so than any other time in your career. There's always those confident, happy moments when you do create music and then you play it for your fans. But this was a real journey. This was a lot of, you know, I always like to use the term blood was spilled, you know, because, yeah. you know, it's, it was rough. It was, it was a tough thing to over mm-hmm. overcome because we didn't know, no one knew where it was going to go. Like you said, we were told it was going to be a few weeks and we'd be on mm-hmm. our way and put it behind us. And that wasn't the case. Yeah. Um, but that, you know, for, for someone as a, like a band and you guys creating, creating music, which is meant to be heard, Right. You create it because you want people to hear it when you play last night and you finally get it out in front of people and finally play it. It's it's got to be that happy, confident time, but it's got to be different. It's got to be like, man, this was a real struggle. Like mm-hmm. there probably were struggles before, but this was this was a hard thing to go through. Yeah, I mean, for, for sure. Um, and I think, like you said, um you as emotional. Yeah, yeah. Um, when when we're stood in a venue and you can hear, well, you can feel the bass, you can feel the kick drum, mm-hmm. um, you can hear the intro tape running for air, live show, all of those feelings just pulsate around your body. Yeah, yeah. Um, There's no other feeling like it in the world. Like- no, there isn't. It's crazy. I, I think that was one of the hardest things. We couldn't replicate it when we weren't on the road. No, exactly. It was a, a, a literal feeling that was missing from your life. Yeah. Um, and, but like you say, for this tour, because it had been so long um, and we have this new record that we've been dying to play um, ever since the, the tracks were written, it's just, it's kind of one big massive release now mm-hmm. uh, you know and and we're quite fortunate that we get to do both right now we've released the album whilst we're on tour in the uk yeah. um so i mean we've kind of spoiled ourselves really i know i know because this is we're, we're <laughs> running on a, a, a you know a high of everything yeah. right now <laughs> you know when, when when we when we come off this tour the tour blues are okay, going to be yeah. a thing it's going to be real we, we're gonna, there's, there's a song in there there's a sign yeah. that tour blues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, when, when we're back home and, and, and stuff, it's going to hit, I think. Yeah. yeah. Like, and, and I get that at the end of every tour, if I'm honest. If we've been out on the road for, it could be two weeks, it could be two months. Yeah. yeah. Um, no matter how long it is, um, once you've been back at home for two days, all of those kind of the, the adrenaline feelings have gone and they feel like a distant memory. You kind of go, yeah. oh. Yeah. Uh, well, when can we go back out again? <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and I think for this tour, it's going to be uh, a kind of a... Well, yeah, because like obviously you miss the venues, you miss your fans and everything else. But also, like during COVID and not playing and stuff, we've yeah. missed our crew. Like we oh, yeah, have but... the loveliest crew. Yeah. So hardworking. It's like and a tour just, family. Yeah. Yeah. They're literally all like road family. Yeah. Um. And so you miss all that uh, banter every day, you know, going down for breakfast each morning and then hanging at the hotel every night, yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah, so, I mean, I mean once once it's all kind of done, yeah, it's kind of like, 
Should we just meet up? <laughs> <laughs> Not do anything, just meet up and just like hang out. Yeah. You know. Um, but yeah, it's it's gonna be a hell of a hell of a Dip. emotional dive bomb at the end of this tour. <laughs> what are the plans for the tour? How long are you guys going out? Where you guys are playing? What's what's uh what's happening with uh with the tour? So at the moment we are three days in to a two and a half week tour. Mm-hmm. Um at the moment because of there's there's still restrictions in various places uh we're just doing the uk yeah and um but then the plan for the rest of the year is to try and get to see more of the world again because it's been a while since we've been able to do that mm-hmm. um i think now we've you know started this tour and and it's all going great um that the plan would be to just try and stay out on the road as as much as we can oh, and play as many shows as we can before we head back into uh writing the next lot of music mm-hmm. i my votes for chicago so if you, okay. if, if you can get to america chicago is the, <laughs> you know, is the goal. so 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 we came um and toured america we've only toured america once and i say america it was only the east coast yeah. <laughs> uh, and we we did um uh, an awesome run of shows uh with the guys in fuzzy um okay. And it was it was it was brilliant. Oh, yeah. Every single night we had um, a, a queue of people throughout the venue at our merch stand coming up and saying hi. Um, and one of our tracks worth five four did really well over there. And uh, and we're itching to get back over. Yeah, hundred percent. But as as you can imagine, it's it's uh, it's expensive for a UK band to come over to the states uh, to do. But as soon as we can do it again, we we there's yeah. still a lot for us to see over there. So we want to come back and. Yeah. It's a funny story because we never went to Chicago on this tour. No. But I have a memory <laughs> in my mind of being there. It was really strange. We had this weird moment and and I said to the, the, the guys, I was like, you know, when we was in Chicago? And the guy said, we, we didn't go to Chicago. I was like, no, no, we did. <laughs> we stood in front of that big bean-shaped... Um, the bean, yeah, like, the, the bean, and and I described what the the, the, the yeah, was like, like he described everything, and so I googled the picture, and you know, it was literally like what you described. I was like, yeah. why is this a thing? I, <laughs> I, I, it's either I went on a really long sleepwalk, <laughs> or 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 we we did go there, and you guys are just playing a trick on me. No, I can reassure you, we didn't. <laughs> but if it, it, it feels like I've been to Chicago before, so maybe that's a sign. <laughs> Maybe you were part of like an experiment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So no, we, we'd love to come back over to the States. Uh, we, 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 that was, that was probably our favorite tour. Oh actually. yeah. Yeah. We, we, uh, so, so we were speaking to, uh, some guys over here from the, the label and they said, most bands come back from America and then split up because they've had to spend sort of like two, three months living with each other. We got back and we were like, that was brilliant. Should we do it again? <laughs> You know, so it was a real bonding experience for us. Yeah. Well, we hope to see you here in the States. We hope to see you here in Chicago. Rich, Robin, it's been a blast. Thanks for doing this. I appreciate Thanks it. Thanks for having us on. Thank, Thank you, you very, very much. I uh, really enjoyed the discussion. We'll have to do it again. Yes. Awesome. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Everyone, I'm Jay Scott. This is The Hook Rocks. That's Rich Robin from the band Stone Broken. Get their new album, Revelation, wherever you get your music. Go buy the physical copy. Find that physical copy and buy that physical copy if you can. 
Take care of each other. We'll talk soon. Thanks. It's NFL draft season, and that means it's time to start thinking about fantasy football. FantasyPoints.com features industry-leading experts and prognosticators using proprietary hand-charted data to help you score more fantasy points. FantasyPoints.com is the place to go for whatever kind of fantasy football you play. Whether you play fantasy football, daily fantasy sports, or do a little bit of everything, Fantasy Points has the meticulously researched content to guide you to victory. And why wait for the fall? Fantasy Points also covers the new spring football league, the UFL. Join the guru, John Hansen, Scott Barrett, Joe Dolan, and other massive names in the fantasy football universe with an exclusive offer. Use code Pantheon for 15% off any Fantasy Points package, including the all-in package, with access to every article, tool, and data nugget that Fantasy Points has to offer. That's FantasyPoints.com and code Pantheon for 15% off at Fantasy Points. FantasyPoints.com, code Pantheon. Score more Fantasy Points.